0: Three, two, one, and here we are. Okay, we're back. We're back.
1: I Feel like I'm slouching down in my know. seat.
0: <laughs> um. All right. The topic for today's podcast is um, reels. Reels. <laughs> Lamborghini versus Ferrari.
1: That kind of a thing. That kind of a thing. And also, just like if I was to suggest reels, what do I do? And like real um, talk. Real talk. Say. Yeah. A, okay. <laughs> Um, anyway, so we're going to, I'm going to try to talk a bit about reels and then I'm going to get into like some of the, like pretty much the highest end reels there are. Mm -hmm. Um, and luckily or thankfully we have two of the highest end reels there are, one that I used and one that we borrowed so that we can do this video. Um, and so, uh, let's get right into it, I guess. Get right into it. So I think I'm going to start with just like overall. Like, what reels are good for different applications, and why reel size matters as far as what you're fishing for. Um, And there's that's the whole thing. Like, I've had a lot of questions about what Vanstall that I use, or you know, and so because I use Vanstall, so I'm gonna get into that right away. So, I use a um, Vanstall uh, VSX 200. Um, I'll pull up. Which the, yeah, you'll be able to pull, pull up. up. The so if you're specs listen, if you're watching it on the video podcast, we you can kinda of pull up the specs. So you guys can look over the specs on that. Um the great thing about this reel is that it's fully sealed. So uh, it will well, it doesn't rust or uh, like degrade when Get you're corroded. corroded or anything like that when you're fishing for it in salt water, which is probably the number one struggle. With gear in surf fishing, I'd have to say, is if you don't have a sealed reel, you pretty much go through a reel a season. At least if you fish like I do. Um, so that was my whole process on getting this reel is because I started out with a Penn Battle f- 2 huh. 500. Um, and this is a fantastic reel. Um, it is, it can pretty much, it holds up for... Ninety nine percent of that things. So you're you, do, you recommend it as like a starter? reel Exactly. So if you and it's like a hundred or less than a hundred dollar reel now, um, it is a fantastic reel. It's an overall probably best reel for its money. Like this could be a two hundred dollar reel in my opinion. But really? I mean, it's a great reel or at least like a hundred fifty dollar reel yeah. because it's, it's a fantastic reel. Uh, it has really really good drag on it. Um, smooth drag. It's a smooth reel. Um, it, if you, it, if you grease it up and you wash it and you take care of it, you can prolong its life for about a season or two if you're lucky. Um, and it's a great reel. I mean, it's just good for pretty much most applications. So I have it in the 5,000 size, which is what I would say if you're, cause they go, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they go way up, but, um, this is a great reel for like Anything from the back bays to, I mean, you can fish the Cape Cod Canal on this, throwing super, super heavy gear, and, you know, you can throw a 50-pound braid on this, and huh. you can horse a big fish in, yeah. in current, and you'd be fine doing it. Um, a lot of guys do do it. Um, and it's a it's a great all-around reel. Uh, it It's good. I like, so it's rated for, like, um, I can't see because it's so dark in here, but it's rated for, like, 40-pound test um, line. I'm not, I don't quote me on that. Um, but I have 30 pound test line on this for a cast yeah, I can't see her. Right <laughs> um, I think it says it on the spool. Uh, so, um, the, the so the big deal about that is that, uh, it's a, 20,
0: it says 40, uh, 40 pounds. Yeah.
1: Two yeah, two forty. Yeah, two forty pounds. Yeah, so that's perfect. Like that's like what I would say is a great reel. And I'll throw a fifty on that if I'm fishing heavy stuff. But right now I have thirty pound test on it because I use this when I'm fishing the back bays and I don't need a uh, super heavy setup. It's also a great reel if you're taking people out to fish with you because uh, it's you can. I mean. It, Penn's great. Their whole um, customer service stuff is great. So if you do end up beating up the reel or you killed the reel in salt water.
0: You've done that. You've, yeah. you've, you've gone to the customer service. Route yeah, it's, yeah. It's,
1: it's fantastic. I mean, I've, I want, so the biggest thing is they, the gears on the inside of this, not this reel in particular, but the gears on the inside of this type of reel are the same. Well, I have this exact reel and they gave me a new one because what happened was I was, Fishing it hard for a season, and um, I w- was catching schoolies after schoolies, and it was probably mid-fall, so it was towards the end of the season, and it was just getting hard to crank, and then all of a sudden, I hooked into, like, a keeper, and it just stripped my... It my The inside of the reel exploded, <laughs> and literally, and so I couldn't crank it. I had to hand line the fish in, and then we sent it back to Penn, and they gave us a new reel. Wow. So, that like, that just shows you that they're really good, and they... Yeah. You know, the, they 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 stand behind a quality product. Exactly. That's what I would say. So that's a it's a great all around beginner reel. Um great for surf casting, great for a boat reel, and I mean you can and I mean you can pretty much do anything with this. I mean it's a good reel, it pretty much can catch most bass uh out there. Um and then the other reel that is a good reel for those of you that like to chunk or live line bait, um is let me see here. The Shimano Bait Runner 8000D. Um, this is a great reel. Um, and it, it. I should have, like, looked at all of this before I started the podcast. Um, but, it's yeah, you, you can look at the ratings on this and we could have pulled it up. But, anyway, that's... I can still pull it up if we want to. It's fine. Uh, it, I'm just going oh, through yes. this quickly. We
0: got, um... um... Uh,
1: 195,
0: 20. Yeah. Yeah. So, so 20 pound, 20 pound, 20 pound test for, uh, 195 yards.
1: Uh, it could be mono. Uh, no, no,
0: no, the, cause the, I no, think because the, no, because the, the top part is 180 yards of 0.45, okay. which I think is for mono. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um,
1: so it's, it's a smaller reel. It's a smaller reel. Yeah. So, uh, the other thing I guess I should get right into is if you're not throwing braided line, I don't know what you're doing because... Really? Really, really. And this is the whole thing. I mean, a lot of people that grew up, and this is also like, because I'm the, the new newer generation of surcastle, no, but like, um, <clears throat> I've like listened to people like do um, seminars and some people swear by mono and they're like, oh, it's more abrasion resistant. Oh, you, you can float the bucktail in the water column, the strike zone better. And for I'll eat. First, I can't speak. Um, For the, uh, (laughs) I know, I got so heated there. For um, for the majority of that is true. I mean, it has great abrasion resistant resistance. Um, It is a it is fantastic when um, you're trying to float it in shallow water. I mean. It, it, you can't beat it obviously but then the other scenarios when you're trying to get it into deep water and sink fast doesn't work as well but it goes in but it goes both ways I guess um, but braided line is a fantastic fantastic thing because it doesn't stretch so I used to when I started out I used to fish with monofilament. yeah and um, I, I mean I didn't know at that time the difference between the two I just heard that like if you're not fishing braid, you're not fishing. Yeah. And so, um, so I put braid line on the reels and, um, then we were fishing with that and it was fantastic because when you're fishing a lure, especially, whether it be a bucktail, it be any plug, you know, you're able to feel everything that's going on. You're fishing, you're live eeling, especially when you're floating a live eel, slowly reeling it, waiting for those taps of the bass. So if you're fishing with monofilament, you're never going to feel the tap. So you're going have, have no idea when it hits it. And then because like, it just stretches, exactly. So it stretches. So, you know, it's legitimately like fishing with a rubber band. <laughs> but as you hear, like, I and I'm pulling that from John Skinner, who said that exact same thing. If you're yeah. fishing with it, it's like fishing with a rubber band. But it's so true. Yeah. If you're fishing with, after you go back from braid to monofilament, it is a lot like fishing with a rubber band. And a lot of <laughs> you will know what I'm talking about. If you've done that because it's it's like you have no touch and feeling yeah. to the um, the lure or plug or whatever you get on the whatever you have. Of it. Exactly. So um, it's great to to use that. When you, it's great to use it because you can feel you. I feel like you catch more fish because you can convert more hits into hooked bass. The other thing is you have a giant fish and you're trying to hook set. You have to hook set a mile (laughs) before you actually end up like, like putting the the hook into the bass because you're not. It's so much more difficult to get the hook into the fish, Um, and that's that's another big reason why you want to use. Braided line, because you can. As soon as you feel that tick, you can whack the fish, and the hook's going to be, you know, plugged right into its mouth perfectly. Yeah. Um, so that's a big deal. That I just went on my little rant about why you use braided line. So Power Pro is a great company. There's a whole other one. Spider Wire is a great company. I mean, there's a bunch uh, that are fantastic line companies. I think I have no idea exactly what's on any of these reels, but. Um, this one, but mine, so I know that this is Power Pro, I know that this is Power Pro, um, I know that this is Power Pro, I have no idea what this is, yeah. Um, uh, I know that this is uh, Power Pro Super Slick Generation 2 or something like that, yeah. uh, which is fantastic. I've fished it all season, and yeah, um, I've not lost a fish due to my line breaking, but I so I fish this is 30 pound braid, uh. Nah, this might have 40 pound braid. This has 30 pound braid, and this has 50, um, and this has 80 pound braid. So you haven't talked about that one yet. Yeah, I haven't talked about that one yet, and we'll get to that okay. in a second. But we'll start. We'll go back into this reel. So this is a bait runner reel, which means that um, you can have your bail closed, and if you click this little like flip click switch, switch thing at the end, the line will run out of the uh, the reel. Uh, really? with the, with freely with the bail closed. Yeah. Um, so when you're chunking or you're live lining bait, you can actually set the, uh, the hard, the, the amount of, um, pressure you can put on the bait runner at the, on the end of the reel. So if you're line live lining, you want it a little bit harder. And if you're like, li- if you're just chunking, you want it lighter. Uh, and that's great for when you are, um, chunking or live lining stuff. I mean, there's no better reel for that application yeah. than like a bait running reel. Uh, this is just one that I've used, so that's why I am, uh, saying this is, well, like, I haven't gotten into, I know Shimano makes a great bait runner reel, so if you want to go get something like that, and it's a great boat reel, uh, cause if you're live, like, I will use this if I'm on a boat, yeah. live lining bait, I will 100% use this reel. Uh, I, I would use it over my van stall, um, and I'm impartial to my yeah. van stall, <laughs> um, so we went over the two reels. So those are two great reels. That uh, the Shimano is like a two hundred dollar reel. So it's a great bait running reel. I mean, for what it is, it's good. Uh, the Pen is what I would suggest to anybody that's trying to get into surf casting. Just bang for your buck. Exactly. It's the best bang for your buck. It's a great, great reel. Um, okay. So now we're gonna get. I mean, we went over the Van Stall. Now we're briefly, gonna, briefly. Yeah. But we'll. So the Van Stall is the best surf casting. Um, real out there, hands down. So we're getting into now, like, the, the top-of-the-line Yeah, of the so line these stuff. are the top-of-the-line things, as we call it, like, uh, like Ferrari versus Lamborghini. Exactly. Yeah. So it's the whole, like, thing that's, like, it, they do relatively the same thing. Uh, They're just a little different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. But, again, there's nothing better than, for surf casting purposes, so if you're in the surf... You're waist deep, waves hitting you in the rocks. In there's nothing. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing better than a Van Stall um, because uh, it it holds up. Because if you do that with any other reel, it's going to die. Didn't you tell? Did you to me once that they found one like? Yeah, was, I heard, like, there's a story out there, and I'm sure a lot of people know it of like somebody that like lost it and they found it like two years later, and it's still And worked. they got one service in it, and it was perfectly fine. <laughs> so it's like they're pretty much bulletproof. bulletproof. Now the reasoning the reasoning I would say for buying something that is seven hundred to eight hundred dollar real is because if you kill a van stall or a van stall, if you kill a um, pen battle uh, seven times, you're at this. Mm-hmm. So you could do that twice every season for a couple of seasons and then you're at a van stall. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my reasoning behind getting a van stall because you got to be fishing a lot exactly to make it i mean worth it. yeah that's the thing like you want it to make it worth like if you fish uh, like a couple times a month um, then it just stick with the pen it. battle yeah. keep it clean and it will do everything this reel does if you're fishing 5 to 7 days a week um, and you're in the surf and you're getting pounded by waves and you're hooking into big fish and you don't want your drag to slip or your reel to explode or something like that the Vansal is pretty trustworthy. I mean, you pretty much get what you th- expect from it. It's not a super smooth reel. Like, you can't get your reel going in and the reel will spin around multiple yeah. times like the uh, yeah. dogfight will. But um, but if you're going to use... Uh, but if you, like, it's pretty smooth as far as, like, it, once it gets salty and everything, it's not going to, like get like a coffee grinder. <laughs> um, yeah, literally. And so if you um, got the
0: money, but if you have the money, you should spend it on the, on, exactly. the, on the, the van stall. Yeah. I
1: would say if you have the money in your, for this application, spend it on the van stall. And the other thing is we're going to talk about sizes of the van stalls. So I have the VSX, obviously I'll pull this back up again. Oh uh, yeah. So I have the VSX and as you can see on the screen, if you're watching it on the thing, there's multiple different sizes. Um uh, so I have the 200 because for the applications that I fish, I think this is more than like, I think it's a great reel for the applications that I fish. You could go heavier for what I do fishing wise, and I lock my van stall down as far as the drag will go on the van stall, I have it cranked down. Literally, when I'm fishing, I go like this and like if you're <laughs> watching that video podcast until I can't move it anymore, and that's what I fish when I fish at night. Um, and literally, <laughs> and you get you get fish screaming out of that thing. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is what does it say for the two hundred? I think it says it on the screen. Um, if you can for the, the yeah, for the two hundred for drag pressure. Um, um two
0: hundred gear ratio weight spool line retrieve. I don't keep know. Going, keep swiping. No, oh, it doesn't it. say. Yeah, I don't think it has it okay. on there. Or at least I, I can't see it. I might be just being an idiot right now. But, yeah. okay. um, but whatever it is, I'm
1: sure it's like 25, 30 maybe. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Whatever it is, yeah. it's it's enough that I feel like when I'm fishing for um, when I'm fishing for 30, 40-pound bass and I need to turn it, I feel like I can turn it. Now, I've thought about it multiple times with the conditions that I fish under, bumping up a size or two because what I I've, I've been catching a lot of large fish and being in the surf and I've loved this reel and I've fished it for 2 years and I've caught a whole bunch of fish on it and it pretty much does everything I want to do um, you could for me in my applications and how I fish with big lures and heavy line you could I could bump it up one I wouldn't go any any further down because I just like I feel more confident if i can have like an endless amount of drag. So then you get into something like the Dogfight. Now the the deal with the Daiwa Dogfight uh which we can pull up the specs on yeah. that um is it's i think it's what is it? it? I think it is like the number one it's like this in the Shimano Stella which we don't have uh is the number one uh this is and i think honestly the Dogfight is number one reel ever like for big game fishing. I don't think there's a better reel for big game fishing than the dogfight, um, and just because I mean it, it's like mag sealed or something like that, uh, which means it can pretty much be dunked and reeled underwater with little to no damage to the reel, um, and it has incredible amount of pickup on the line, which means every single time you crank the reel one revolution, it picks up I think something crazy like three and a half or four feet. The um, gear ratio. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like just, it depends on the size, but yeah, yeah,
0: four to three or five to seven
1: or something. Yeah, it, like, it just depends on the five point seven to one. Yeah, and there's different gear yeah. ratios. Uh, there's like an HP one or something like that, which yeah. means it like picks up more line than the other one or anyway. slower. Any, anyway, but so this reel you can catch anything. People catch bluefin tuna on this reel. Really. Which is hint hint maybe coming next season. Hint hint. Sight casting, sight cast. I guess it is sight casting to bluefin tuna with this reel may happen next season Um, hold that that puppy up to the camera yeah so if you're watching the video podcast you can see this and this is what you would call a smooth reel both with drag and with like the how the the like handle turns it can just go forever um and it's a very smooth reel uh people catch anything with this um and you can like put like whatever pound test line you want on it pretty much Mm -hmm. um it's great for like so i it's great for like fishing the canal or strictly fishing in current i guess it's great for fishing in current but fishing in current for really big fish um it's also good. You need a lot of horsepower. Exactly. So, you need pickup. So, if it gets down current and you're trying to crank up and catch up to the lure that's getting floated down current, you can't. It's a harder to do with the Van Stalk because it has a super slow gear ratio. Uh, I'm not going to go into the technical side of reels because I don't know yeah. enough. Um, and so, the what happens is when you're trying to catch up to your plug that's getting drifted down the current, you want to be able to reel really fast and catch up to that plug. Um, So what I try to do is when I'm fishing, if I, like I fish beside people, I use this reel. If actually, I don't think I've caught a fish on this reel before, but um, I've seen, we got a 40 pound class bass on this reel, eeling. So that means you are super slowly moving this reel to like fish and eel. I mean, you're creeping along, but this has like 60 pounds of drag or something, 50 pounds of drag. And... I mean you crank this thing down it all is the not way going anywhere it is absolutely not going anywhere and if you can believe it, oh, I can't even move that try to move this try to even yeah you can't not move even that close exactly so you crank the drag down on that it is like getting yeah there's no way so do you want to know what it was at when when he yeah. hooked up on his 40 this Dude, season was it this Mother is God. what it was at. And it's it screwing 20 yards oh on, my that. God. on that, which wow. is like 30 pounds of drag, 35 pounds of drag. Yeah. That is insane. So that just shows you the power of a bass in current. And it wasn't even the canal. It was actually yeah. off the rocks, Ealing. Yeah. And it it was not heavy current, but like a moderate current. And it was screaming. Yeah. um, So having a reel that is smooth and has heavy drag and 80 pound braided line, it, it, well this is my philosophy is fish as heavy as you can without it hurting you and i think i mentioned this in the last podcast yeah in the Um, weekly update the first weekly update and so when you you want to fish you want to fish super i like to if you are going to go out and catch a small fish all the power to to you but if you're targeting truly large bass um you want to use heavy gear now I you hear people and they're always like oh I lost my biggest fish ever and it's like why did you lose that big fish and nine out of ten times it's like oh I'm using twenty five pound test or I'm using thirty pound test and a fifty pound leader or something like that and so why why even like why are you targeting it's your fault because why are you targeting a bass that's that big with, with super, super light, light gear. gear? You're going to lose the fish of your lifetime if you're yeah. fishing and you're with You've super light gear. Unless you're on a sandy for beach. success. Exactly. So you <laughs> want to, if you're going to be fishing on a sandy beach, then you can use light gear. Now, if you're fishing the rocks, even in an estuary where there's mussel beds or something like that, like, I, I'm saying, if you can get away with fishing 200-pound braid <laughs> and, like, 150-pound leader, do it. But, like yeah, it's going to cut down on your, uh, your casting and stuff. And it, that would probably most likely make the eels action bad, but that's why you use what you can to catch the fish. That's why a big part of why I'm so successful, because I've converted almost every single one of my hookups this season to landed bass, even though I had a handful of really large fish Mm -hmm. take me into the rocks. I had a bass. Here's a good story. So I cast it out there. I was not expecting a really big fish on the first cast. Uh, I was fishing a darter or something like that. And I cast it right up next to these boulders. The fish eats it and takes me around a boulder instantly. Now it's, and this is also a testament to how strong like braided line is and what you should do when you hook into a big fish and it takes you around a rock. The bass takes off, goes around a rock, you loosen your drag up because you know when you're trying to cut braided line and it's without tension it's like nearly impossible so you loosen your drag up you let it take you around the rock and you like let it get itself out of the rock and nine out of ten times it will eventually pop out of the rock and you'll be able to get it um so in this scenario i cast it out the bass ate it right next to the rock i wasn't expecting it it took its initial run straight back into the boulders it got me around the right side of the boulder um i spent probably maybe three minutes trying to like loosen it. I had my drag loosened up, but I had the rod way above my head, way, way up there, trying to make sure that my um, line was at a high, as high an angle as possible to the rock. Uh, eventually the line I think slipped up and over the rock. I lost uh, tension on it for a mere moment when I cranked up really quick and got, got the slack back out of my line. Um, and the, I was able to tighten up and land that fish and it was wow. like a 25 pound. It wasn't a big, it wasn't big, it so, wasn't a giant fish, but it was a decent bass yeah. that got me in a rock and I'm using braided line and yeah. being able to, you know.
0: Yeah. So when you say that you should fish as big as you can until it hurts you, like yes. how would you know that you're
1: fishing too big? Um, I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like, okay, you're fishing, if I'm fishing 80 pound leader. And I'm fishing all night and not catching anything. Maybe, maybe. switch it up okay. to sixty pound leader, and then you then might just start catching. There. Exactly, and that's the th- other thing is it's a confidence thing. Yeah. If it can if it affects the action of your lure. That's another time where you'd switch it up. Um, if it affects the uh, eel or whatever you or they can see it. So I wouldn't fish that. Like I wouldn't fish eighty pound leader during the day. Because the uh, the bass might get line sh- line shy, which also I think is a complete myth. Because yeah. a bass will eat like something that is covered in Exactly, <laughs> but not that exactly. Yeah. But like the like metal lips. Yeah. You know they have this chute, like what fish has a metal lip? Yeah. Attached to it, so like you can't give me in yeah. the line clips like people are like oh you got to go down to fifteen pound test during the day because they can't. They will hit anything. I'll, I fished with straight braid and caught <laughs> giant fish on straight braid. It really doesn't matter, uh, I think. Personally, I don't think it matters. I think they'll hit it regardless. They're aggressive fish. Um, and But when it does and it ends up mattering, then that's probably when you want to switch down. Although, I wouldn't know because I yeah. still would fish yeah. high because I don't want to... I'd rather... This is also another philosophy of mine. I'd rather not catch a hook a fish that's giant and like and with light gear and lose it, then hook up, then like catch fish at all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so,
0: so yeah, exactly. So you would rather, yeah. So you would rather catch fewer large fish because you're fishing with heavier gear yeah. than fishing with lighter gear and maybe have a higher probability of hooking up. Yeah. But a much, much higher probability of losing that.
1: Fish. Exactly. Cause you all know the horror stories of losing giant fish and how awful it is to yeah. do because I'm I just oh, I hate it. <laughs>
0: Did you talk about bail versus bayless?
1: Yeah, so that's the other thank yeah. you. That's that's the other thing that's good. Um so once you go bayless you never go back. Yeah. So the thing about Bayless reels like the Van Stahl and I think a couple pen reels have Bayless, um, is you when everybody knows when you're casting a plug and the bail yeah. snaps back on you, and the plug sails off into the sunset. <laughs> How like frustrating that is to you, because it's just like it's the worst. Yeah, it's like throwing like a twenty dollar bill, just straight or into more. Your I team. mean, I've, yeah, I mean, I've had plugs. It's like twenty dollar bill, and you've been waiting all week to, to get this plug, and you get it first cast. The bail snaps back on you, and the plug's gone. You're just like, ah. I mean, everybody's been there. Uh, So what you do with this is you, and I feel like, you know, anyway, so the, the line comes off the reel, this is, I guess I should take the thing off so I can kind of demonstrate this a little bit. If you're watching on, go a little closer to the camera. If you're watching on the video, um, can they see that a little higher, a little higher? Okay. So what there is, is there's a, um, a line roller right here, um, on the, uh, On the reel and so when you cast you pull it off the line roller and you cast and then when the plug lands in the water you can actually grab it with your finger and hold that down and you can reel along you can reel and it will catch on the line roller and then you can let go with your finger and it's on the line roller um and that is like what i do Mm -hmm. i have a huge nick in my line (laughs) so anyway um so that's how you fish baleless, and it actually is faster because you don't really have to, like, flip the bail on and off because you it will. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's really the big difference between a baleless reel and a reel with a bail because um, it's a lot better to, for, like, you don't lose any plugs because your bail snaps back. Yeah, I um, thought it
0: would be a huge pain, and, and you smart. had me fish that once. And I was like, "Mother of God, why did why was this thing even invented? It's yeah. just it's just so much simpler, less moving yeah. parts, and it's exactly equally if not faster.
1: I know, it but no that's it, it is faster. I think it's faster. Yeah, and, and, when you when you get used to it, yeah. it totally is. I but mean,
0: it, it just doesn't make sense. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense why they invented the bail in the first place. Yeah,
1: if that if that's all it takes. Yeah. A- and I I agree. I mean, they should totally because you lose so many less plugs and it's faster versus f- manually flipping the bail casting. Manually flipping it back and then going, yeah. um, that's like, you know, and the risk of the risk of it clicking swing. back and yeah. it, yeah. And some people like it, some people don't. I mean, I feel like you, why wouldn't you use uh, if you have the ability to go Bayless, Why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, some people will try their best to like make their real Bayless. I mean, because it's so much easier and better. And that's another pro to the van stall. I guess a huge con to the van stall is it has the stickiest drag in the world. So if you're catching a really big fish, bigger than like a striped bass, so like I would say tuna or something like that, it it like, it the drag sticks, or a fish with a soft mouth, the drag, when it gets pulled out, it's not smooth when it's getting pulled pulled out, it like sticks and gets harder and less hard, and it, it that, you can lose fish that way. You can even lose striped bass that way, depending on how hard you're fighting the fish. Um, so that's a big flaw in, in that Mm -hmm. um now we can i could talk all day about like i I guess we should talk more about the van stall and its sizes uh when pairing a van stall with a rod you want to like try to pair it so it it casts the best and everything like that now i think that if you're using a rod that is under i'd say anything if you're using a rod that's like under nine feet you should get the 150 fan stall if you're using a rod between 9 and maybe 11 you can I would use this and then from 11 to like 12 I would use the one above this the 250 uh, and that's pretty pretty much what I would use as far as like the different sizes for um the, the van stall as far as what you're using for your rod. So what? Are, what are you? What do you? Um, that is a 10 foot GSB uh, laminless GSB rod. Um, I think it's right from three to seven ounces, um, I believe. And that is a great rod for eeling and eeling with big eels or throwing medium to large plugs. I mean, even people even say that's heavy. And the thing to me is like, I fish heavy stuff. So when people when I tell people, oh, I fish. 50-pound braid and 60-pound leader to 80-pound leader, you know, people are like, oh, that's giant. And I fish rods that are rigged from 4 to 10 ounces or whatever. And they're like, oh, that's giant. It's like, but I'm throwing an eel that's 25 inches long and weighs probably a pound. So, like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like a... Yeah, it's like throwing a python. It literally... So, that, so like, you want to fish for your applications, the applications that you use. And for that application i think that i would have needed 11 foot rod and i would need a 250 fan stall that's what i would have thrown for an eel of that size and i would fish and again i'd be fishing 80 pound leader and i would be fishing 80 pound braid and i feel like that would be in like a 10 aught circle hook or uh yeah something like that and so it would just be big beefy gear because you Pretty much, only catch a big fish on that. Even though I've caught a thirty-inch bass on a twenty-five-inch eel before, I've also caught a forty-pound bass on a twenty-five-inch eel. That's why you throw a big eel. So, do and you
0: always match? Do you always match um, like leaders to the poundage of the line, or is it
1: different? I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't think it matters honestly. And you're talking about oh, you want the further abrasion resistance? That's yep. why you want to use uh, monofilament or fluorocarbon. The other reason you want to use monofilament or fluorocarbon is when you're grabbing the line when you're, this is, here's braided lines, two biggest flaws. You grab braided line when you have a fish on there, you're and it like, that's pretty sizable. And you try to lift the fish up, your hand's cut in half. Yeah. Not really, but it's sliced. It's
0: like a cheese, it's like a cheese wire. Yeah. yeah. It goes right through your hand
1: and yeah, it's like a good quality paper cut. (laughs) Um, so that's what it's equal to and equivalent to, um, but if you grab the monofilament or fluorocarbon, you're going to be able to lift it up, no problem. Other thing is, if you're casting something over like, say, three ounces, sometimes you'll ca- you'll cut your finger on your on the cast, uh, depending on what pound line you're using. Mm-hmm. For a lot a lot of people that fish a lot, you like me and I, you you cut it so many, so many times, every single time. Um, I have a callus that I build up there, so I don't need to use a glove and I can throw something that's 10 ounces as hard (laughs) as I can with 30 pound braid and I won't get cut, which is like, just shows you how long you've been fishing. (laughs) Um, and I've done it and I've done it without like at the beginning of the season and your finger gets cheese grated instantly. Um, but it's, but that's the thing like you build up the immunity of the line. But I think that the pros outweigh the cons as far as braiding line goes um, and I'm sure that it's God, like, again, like it's confidence thing. So if you have more confidence in monofilament, by all means, fish your monofilament, fish, rubber band. fish your rubber band, but, but it's not like, it's not that much worse, but it is, yeah. uh, it, I think you miss more fish personally. And people will say, Oh, but you land more fish with it. But how do you, I mean, maybe if you're on a boat, that's my one thing. Like if you're trolling, use monofilament all you want. Um, if you're fishing for anything like this is strike bass specific as far as braided line goes if you're fishing for other types of fish it might not be as good as far as like how tough their mouths are but a big striped bass has a very tough mouth i mean they're eating lobsters crabs i mean and all the spines that are on the bat on the fish that they eat i mean they need to have tough mouths so they can you know get so they can eat it without getting punctured um so that's the whole the the whole thing about being able to um being able to like match your equipment to to what you're, you're fishing use, yeah, yeah. exactly and part of that just comes with experience and trial and error yeah and believe me when i first started out i was using lighter line i was using 20 pound test stuff in fishing for schoolies which again application uh Works. like applied to application that yeah. you're fishing uh is it worked perfectly fine because i wasn't catching anything big but if i hooked up onto something that was 20 pounds i probably would have lost it on that yeah. Because I've done tests with a lot of line, and even though they might claim that they're as heavy as they are, sometimes they're not. So you'll, like – so I encourage people to get a weight. uh, Just a dumbbell. Just, like, a dumbbell and try to put something around the dumbbell so it doesn't, like, cut the line. Or or if it snaps where the dumbbell is attached, then you know it breaks. But if it breaks, like, in the middle, then you know it's, like, legit thing. But, like, if I'm lifting up a 25-pound weight with – a 30 pound test like um, line and it snaps, which I've had happen before. I'm like, okay, so it's not really for the pound. Like, so then not rated correctly. It's not rated correctly. And then I went on this whole rabbit hole of looking up why. And then I think I figured it out. And this is, again, don't quote me on this. I think I figured out that um, the, uh, the line companies, or at least a couple of them use the pound of like what the weight of the fish is. Hmm. So if you're catching a 25 pound fish on 25 pound test, um, it should hold. Or if you're catching a 30 pound fish on a 30 pound test, it should hold. But I don't, I, how, again, like how do
0: you, that's so weird. It's like, how I do don't you, know. how do you I gauge? think that,
1: I think that is, I could be completely yeah. wrong, but I was looking it up at one point and I think yeah. I read that. Um, but again, I would say I would encourage you to try to test out your line just so you have uh, like Golf knowledge, ones. and the other thing is, if you've ever gotten your hook snagged in a rock and you lean back into your thing to see how much pressure you can put on the line before it snaps, test your knots and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I've done I've obviously snagged rocks before and had to pull back on this, and I'm increasingly shocked about how much pressure I got to put on the thing before it snaps. Yeah, and I think it's way more than fifty pounds of pressure. Yeah, I mean I think I'm putting like 60 70 pounds of pressure on the thing before it snaps um which is great which means you have good line and that's what in i look good for knots. in good knots yeah and i guess as far as knots go we could do a whole podcast on i don't knots. know if i could do a whole podcast on it so i'm gonna do a little thing so braided line to like uh to like a swivel mm-hmm. i do a polymer knot um and i won't go into like how you tie these yeah. knots but you can look them up uh, they're pretty like, um, you, you taught yourself they're, how to do all Exactly. Of them. They're very, you can, you should be able to find them on YouTube or on wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one I use if I'm tying fluorocarbon or monofilament is I use the improved clench knot. Um, and I've used them all season and I've not had one pull. Yeah, knock yeah, on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. Um, because so that's the whole thing is like, yeah. and I, and that's a big deal is like if you can tie good knots and you have confidence in your knots and that's, a really big thing. You tie a knot you don't have full confidence in it, cut it and retie it. Yeah. I, I mean, that's like my biggest thing. Even if you spent like 15 minutes in the dark trying to tie a knot and you don't think it works, cut it and retie it because nine out of ten times if you don't think it works, it's, it definitely doesn't work because the thing is it, you think something will work and it won't work and that's like, I mean, it messes with you. So you want to get a knot that works well and doesn't slip or pop and I've never had those slip or pop so... I'd suggest those knots if you want to. If you've been failing, and you—they're very—they're probably the two easiest knots to tie. Um, yeah. Um, did you talk
0: at all about the um, what the, what the difference between mono and, and fluorocar- fluorocarbon is?
1: Yeah. I mean, again, I'm not like I am not like the leading expert on mono and fluorocarbon and yeah. the difference between the two. But just I know from, your experience, from my experience. Fluorocarbon is a little bit stiffer than monofilament, uh, and it's a little bit... So it doesn't stretch
0: as much? Yeah,
1: so it doesn't s- stretch as much as monofilament does, and I think it's a little bit more um, clear. It's also more expensive. Um, I like fluorocarbon. A lot of people don't like fluorocarbon because it's harder to tie knots with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I prefer fluorocarbon because I think that it has better abrasion resistance than uh. monofilament does. Um, either one works the only reason I'm fishing fluorocarbon is because I hooked into like a 40 inch bass this season and it took me to a rock and snapped me on the monofilament and so um, I haven't gone back to monofilament since mm-hmm. uh, and I haven't lost a f- fish since there you go so th- to the me trial that's, and error yeah exactly it's a huge trial and error game as far as that works um, it's also a huge confidence thing yeah. I mean lure confidence is a big deal uh, when you're fishing with lures uh, you want to Tried to, if you have color that you're confident in, uh, it might not be the right color, uh, but at the same time, I don't think it really matters to the fish because they see in a whole different color spectrum than we do. So, <laughs> what who knows, like, what they're actually seeing when we yeah. show them a thing? Like, because have you ever seen a chartreuse fish before in your life? <laughs> like, ex- there's no like that's the thing, it's like, what bait are they eating that's chartreuse or black and purple? <laughs> um, it's so exactly, yeah, uh, even though. Black and purple could be a silhouette. There's a whole, like, line of things that you could talk about as far yeah, as... for the plug podcast. Yeah, for the plug podcast, which we're definitely going to do at some point. At That one I want to go more depth for as far as, like, hooks go and everything like that, because that's, that's going to be a very cool topic, um, I guess, as far as do I bend out a lot of hooks when I fish. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Bent out a lot of hooks when my fish. Have I been extremely, extremely lucky and every single time I've bent out a hook or mangled it, I've landed the fish? Yes. <laughs> Have we lifted the bass out of the water and had the thing completely fall out of its mouth because it's bent straight? Yes, twice this season. So um, it's, and also as far as like tactical angler clips go, we've also had those bent out um, and had the, the bass pop off right at my feet. Um, and that's the thing that's like, uh, the, 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 it's just, that's the thing, you know, yeah. if you fish heavy gear, uh, that's the con to fishing heavy gear, I guess yeah. you do bend your gear and break it. That's why I, when I fish gear, I choose plugs and stuff that I believe in and know are not going to snap if I hook a 50 pound bass and super heavy current. Um, that's why, uh, you want to either bump up your hook size or sometimes your plug manufacturer will have... Um, an option or either have super heavy hooks now, I would say 4x strong hooks like a 4x strong VMC treble hook is not as heavy as you'd think it is um, I, I bet them out on 35 inch bass uh, so you I would When I fish I would say five or six to eight even I would fish exp- That's what I fish when I do it depending on how big the plug is um, I fished up to like 8x strong hooks in, in like if I'm fishing current or fishing a large plug which I know could have the possibility of hooking into a really big fish um, I try to fish as heavy like hooks as I can because I know that I put a, I'm putting so much torque on my line on my reel on my rod on my yep. plug yep. and on my hooks that it, it's going to snap open uh, I've never had a problem with split rings um, I've used a whole bunch of different split rings and I've never had a problem with any of them uh, and I've also switched out a handful of split rings, so I don't think that really has a problem. If you have a rusty hook, on, un- undoing it from your uh, plug and putting on a new hook I don't think it makes it any less strong. I think the more you do it, I guess it would. But I've done it two plugs 10, 15 times and hooked big fish on it after that, and I've had no problem with the split rings. Actually, that's a lie. I think I've bent them out on an SP minnow before. Um, but as far as that goes, that's a great... Like, if I'm going to... Like if you if you want to try to convert, if you keep losing big fish, like I used to, I felt like we were cursed because I felt like we couldn't land giant fish. Because what are your things you look for? Well, if you, if you start losing big fish, well, what, what do, are the what things, you things you fit? look for? Probably number one reason of lost fish is probably um, not failure. Number two is probably line failure. Mm-hmm. Number three is probably rod failure. <laughs> but um, which. I have had happen to me multiple times, and it's never fun. Uh, it sucks every time. Yeah. <laughs> Having a, a rod just fold on you for no reason. Um, sometimes it's your fault for high-sticking, and sometimes it's, it's the not. fish. Um, yeah. hooking on a big... And that's the other thing. Like, you can do a couple of things. and If you hook set on a big fish and your rod snaps because yeah. you're fighting very hard gear. Okay. I guess that is a good segue into another thing is... You want to look at your rod and what it's rated for as far as line goes, because if you put um, too heavy line on the on the rod and you crank your drag down to the max, you could, depending on how much pressure the fish can put on it, you could snap your rod. Pressure's gonna go somewhere. Yeah, exactly. I would say though, though that um, I would say you can probably get up another maybe twenty pounds from what the rod says before you're starting to risk it. Um, once you get up to that 20 pound mark, uh, like I'll fish 50 pound braid on something that's like rated for 30, but I try to stay around 40, like if it's rated to 40 pound, then that's like better. Um, if you're fishing like 50 pound braid, because your rod could snap, uh, if you're fishing very hard and you're hooking into a big fish. Um, and the reason I use heavy gear as well is to be more healthy on the fish. If you can fight a fish super hard and you can... Get a quick release on it. It's going to be much better for the bass Mm -hmm. um, in the long run versus having fighting a fifteen pound test line or whatever and having a fight that lasts twenty five minutes because you're fishing super light drag and current and super with super light line and you're fighting this fish for super long time. You get it up and then you have to either revive it for a long time. And we've fought fish really hard and got them out there instantly and had them die. I mean, Mm -hmm. we had one that didn't fight at all this Season it was yeah, probably about like to die, yeah. I think that was. Um, and the bass, uh, you know, it died on the release for no reason. We I mean, was hooked right in the mouth. We kept it in the water the whole time, picked it up, took two pictures, put it in the water, revived it for how long 15 minutes, yeah, and released it. And then it went belly up. Yeah, cool. Cool. we have the
0: we have the uh, the longer, more in depth story on the introductory podcast, exactly, getting
1: hooked exactly of um, um, of that fish of that particular. fish in particular but that was a little little story about that um, yeah yeah so what else do we uh, you want to let's just check and see if there are any questions that that you wrote down from people on the Instagram yeah um, so I have a few questions I just picked three random ones um, I guess if you leave me questions that when I ask them on Instagram I will give you like a shout out in the podcast I'll like say your Instagram, um, yeah. and I will answer your question. So these are just random ones that I picked, uh, and they're from just random like comments and DMs mm-hmm. and everything like that. Do you know who, who
0: made these or no? Uh No, I have no idea.
1: Okay. It was just for this one, because who knows. Yeah. Right. Um, what what uh, GSB rod are you using? So that's a good question. I use two GSB rods as far as um, rods go. I use the nine foot GSB Skinner rod and which I, is that one which right? is not that one. Not uh, that's it that that's, that's a, a little, That's a different that's a different GSB. I use two GSB rods. I use the nine foot, which is a great the nine foot two which is a great uh rod because it's a fantastic eeling rod. I do a lot of my eeling on that. Uh because I like to have a shorter rod when eeling, uh especially if I'm using smaller eels. Um but it's it's a great uh rod for eeling and pencil popping and everything along those lines um and uh i've i've had a lot of success on that uh rod in general um, um
0: then the another yeah
1: and the, the, then the other well, rod the other rod so the other rod's actually behind us so that as i said earlier that is the 10 foot 3 to 7 ounce uh gsb land glass rod um and I love that rod for slightly bigger plugging, slightly bigger eeling. Um, that's what I'd throw if I'm throwing giant eels or pretty big plugs. Metal ups are great on that. Any swimming plug, uh, the, like, um, Here they're the, all
0: great. They're the key features for the uh, GSP surf rods. Yeah. Um, and then if we scroll down.
1: Yeah. So those are the, I, I mean, any of those rods are great for what they are. I mean, they're um great surf rods and they're a little bit more higher end rod but like you get the factory rods and they're fantastic you don't need to get a blank built for that and you can pretty much tackle anything you need with mm-hmm. I honestly as far as rods go i like to have three rods a light rod a medium rod and a heavy rod as far as like not like th- those being the weights of the rod but as far as like being able to cover all your bases yeah. when fishing um, I and think we can get into... That will be a whole other a whole podcast, other podcast um, in among itself. Um, um, the other
0: question, is that all you are saying about GSBs? Or so, yeah, that's yeah, pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the other question is just how often do you fish? We sort of talked about this yeah. a little
1: bit. Yeah, uh, we sort of talked about this a little bit. So people ask me, well, how often do you fish or um, where do you fish? I'm obviously not going to say where I fish, <laughs> but as far as we covered that a little bit in the first podcast... Um, but, uh, as far as how much I fish, I fish anywhere, I pretty much fish on average between five to maybe six to seven days a week. Yeah. The I'd peak say of the between season. five and five and seven days a week. Yeah. On the peak of the season, I fish every single day and generally I fish at night and mostly because a lot of where I fish is, um, like, it's like near giant houses and you get the police call on you all the time. So even though you're legally allowed to be there. Yeah, exactly. That's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast <laughs> and I can tell them. what what the hell? Let's tell this amazing story about what happened. Uh, let's was, do the let's do the abridged version. They, let's do the elevator pitch version. The elevator pitch version. Um, okay. So uh you had a friend over. He wanted to yeah. fish. Yeah. So we I and It was we, high tide. It was high tide. Um we, we swam. We we're swimming out swimming wading out to these giant this giant boulder yeah um and there's a giant house there behind us yeah and i said on the way up i was like this guy's gonna come out and yell at us just keep swimming and i said just keep swimming and i'll, I'll talk to him if he comes in and starts yelling at us yeah um so sure enough we don't get halfway yeah, out, there. out there when the guy marches out onto his lawn yeah. and, and starts yelling at us saying that we can't be here now me being the controversial person that I am yeah. <laughs> said or I yelled back at him, I said uh, I said, according to Master Law 91 states that you could fish or foul below the mean high tide mark and mm-hmm. we were swimming in the water when yeah. he came up so it was not like we were remotely on, his, remotely on his, his, his property, property. Um, and he has a weird power trip where he does yeah. this every single time and this is a lot bigger reason why I fish 99% of the time I fish at night not because just this guy the other day we were in a different spot and somebody else came up yeah whatever um. Anyway, so I, I was swimming out to this rock. The guy comes out, yells at us. We, um, I yell back at him. I say, according to Master on 91, fish foul below the mean high tide mark. Um, and then I said, if you have a problem with that, call the cops. Because the police are yeah. going to tell them that there's nothing we can do. All right, and so, and that's literally word for word what we said. We didn't say anything more than that. We swam out to the rock. We climb up on it. We start fishing, and I'm like, watch, this guy's actually he's never I was saying he's never called the cops, he just comes out and bluffs, bluffs every yeah. single time. And sure enough, not fifteen minutes later, there's a cop there's, there's right multiple there. cops standing there. Um and we we're we we're like a hundred yards. Yeah. In like on this boulder, a hundred yards out there. Um and he, the guy and the cops are just standing there and even I was glancing back and I was watching the this guy loses mind, gesturing at the water, gesturing at us you know, and the cops were just like were just like they didn't say anything to us. Um and they were and the other thing was there was like this spot that we fish in, nobody knows about. Yeah. And there was like eighteen other people fishing there. Yeah. And we were like, what, what is this yeah, what's going on? Um so um, and nobody like, and they're just like, I've never seen these people before, and they're all like fishing in the spot at the same time. He was losing his mind because there's like <laughs> guy kayak strange. fishing, some Another other woman, woman down on the rocks, rocks yeah. like the three of us there. Yeah, it yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and so it was, uh, it was so funny. He was losing his mind, and then so later we were getting, we got picked up at one spot. Yeah. Um, and apparently the cops said that. They were talking to this guy for like 15 minutes, telling, explaining to him why we're legally within our right to be out on a rock fishing. So, I'm sure everybody has their stories with you know either power trespassing landowners or power tripping landowners, and yeah, so that was interesting to say the least. That's interesting to say the least, I guess.
0: Um, last question is: uh, when it's windy, is it hard to use the van stall? I guess that's perfect
1: for this podcast, right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't believe... I mean, I literally... So the other... T- whatever it was. The other day, it was blowing legitimately 60 miles an hour sustained in a nor'easter. And I was fishing, casting as hard as I could into the wind. Um, and the and the van stall was perfectly fine. I honestly think it's better because you cast out there. You can even stop the plug before it hits the water and get it onto your line roller. Where you can't really do that on uh, with a bail a bail reel because um you have to clap the bailed reel back on and make sure you don't burn and it sometimes off. if you do that and it's blown 60 miles an hour you, you cast out there the plug lands and you have 400 yards of line behind you instantly because the line gets caught in the wind and gets blown all the way back yeah um so in certain applications like that their van stalls actually better than a bailless reel i've had no problems with casting putting it on the line holder um, it really only takes a couple of times of practice, like maybe two or three fishing trips and you have it nailed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can cast in 65-mile-an-hour in winds trying to get blown off your rock. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy when it's that windy yeah. and you're casting with huge heavy things into it and it's like dropping right at your feet. And yeah. then you're pulling bass out of that, which is even sicker. And especially when it's pouring rain and the rain is just beating you in the face and then the giant, the wave hits the rock and you almost get flown off. What's yeah. why what I need the, why I need the seal reel. The van yeah. stall. I mean, with anything else, as well as if you're on a sandy beach and it's super windy and there's sand pelting your reel, it can, a lot of times that will go into your reel and kill it pretty much instantly. That's the number one killer of sand? reels is like sand. Cause if you get your reel sandy, Oh my gosh. You just grow. Yeah, so you have to
0: take it apart to clean it. Yeah,
1: literally, yeah. Um, you pretty much have to take it apart anyway if you dunk it in water. But if you get sand in it, that's it's it's, it's off. Over. It's pretty much game over, yeah. Well
0: I think that's bringing us to the end here. Yeah, I think it um, is. I guess if you guys are liking the podcast, make mm-hmm. sure you um, like them and leave a comment on the on Apple Podcasts that really yeah, helps out um definitely getting it up there and mm-hmm. you know. any
1: literally any questions that you have either leave comment on YouTube or Apple Podcasts or DM me and I'll answer it we'll try to sift through those yeah I'll pretty. we'll try to answer as many as we can on the podcast mm-hmm. uh we'll find or we'll just find random questions that I think I want to go in more depth on mm-hmm. Instagram and I'll answer those on this podcast um And as far as like, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel, because the the other thing is that YouTube channel, we should talk about a little bit. Um, I'm starting to, we're trying to kickstart it with the um, podcast. Um, So what's going to happen is we're going to do the podcast as well as I'm going to do bonus videos of Mm -hmm. just random things Mm -hmm. like me sharpening hooks and stuff, but not really, but like stuff like that, like that are a little bit more interesting. Yeah. I want to like show more up close about, um, and then I'm also going to start uh, the um, TV show like thing. Once the season, kicks, once back the season kicks back up again, and we're gonna do other videos. On, it's gonna be a whole thing. thing. So subscribe to that. You're gonna you'll get bonus videos and footage as well as mm-hmm. um, you will be able to yeah uh, watch us and subscribe to the podcasts
0: wherever they are so mm-hmm. you make sure you get them when they come out
1: yeah and any feedback is good feedback yeah exactly so, so, if, so. yeah anyway Thank well, thanks so, for watching thanks
0: for watching and listening Mm-hmm.